Welcome. You're listening to A Certain Degree. This is a weekly radio show on WPRK featuring a local maker, artist, or professional who's doing something neat. The show is then translated via magic to podcast format. And aren't we all magic on the inside? This episode is brought to you by When Pigs Fly. Need an airline that will let you travel with literally any emotional support animal? Then choose When Pigs Fly. While Delta Airlines and others make it harder to travel with peacocks, alpacas, and boa constrictors, we're going in the opposite direction. Cabins will feature apex predator and non-apex predator sections for your convenience. Have an imaginary animal supporter? No problem. We'll happily sell you a ticket for your unicorn, dragon, giraffe, ogre, and many more. When pigs fly, sure it smells bad, it's pretty dangerous, but at least you're not driving. Reserve your ticket at toacertaindegree.com. Now on with the show. Willie Bobo on WPRK Winter Park, Florida, the best in basement radio and the voice of Rollins College. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree. I get to do this every Monday, and every Monday I have a very special guest this week. No exception. A Kwanzaa Cadigan. Yeah. Is that how you say it? That spot on, man. Great. A Kwanzaa Cadigan yeah. is here. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah. No, yeah. it's my. It's honestly my pleasure. I got to see you at Orlando Story Club yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you were one of the top vote getters, I yeah. think, for yeah. the uh, Orlando Story Club. Which is coming up against in April, I think April 4th. It is. It uh, is but 4th. today we're going to talk about you, your books, your website, uh, your parents coming up at Nerd Night. But first, I got to get to know you a little bit better. I don't know you very well at all. I saw you uh, speak, so I know a little bit about you there. All right. And if I can get my, uh, let's see, my iPad working here, we'll play a game. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, it's a technology <laughs> issue at uh, this early in the morning, if I can even use an iPad. You would think something like that would be simple enough that I could just use it, but uh, yeah. yeah, not always the well, case. Well, that's the thing about technology. It's so dependable, right? You just Right, exactly. <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and play a game. Okay. Uh, and so what I do every week is play a 20 questions game with okay. people, but I don't like to say up or down, yes or no. I like to make it a little bit more difficult, I like to make you think a little bit okay. about it. Uh, and also, I just picked two arbitrary things. Okay. So one for up, one for down. Right. This week's game is going to be the tortoise or the hare. Mm. Now, the tortoise, okay. what a wonderful creature, yeah, yeah. lives, as far as I know, lives to be a million years old. Yes. Uh, is the hero of every fable and story he or she is in. Sure. Right? Because that's, the, the, I only know of one, obviously. But <laughs> exactly. usually is the hero of it. And uh, then always carries his house. Like, he's the first tiny house, tiny <laughs> home is. kind of person, or he, he or she, I should say. <laughs> right. Uh, because I, for, as far as I understand, there are boys and girls of right. tortoises. Right. And uh, the hare, not so great. A little squirrely, a little jumpy, <laughs> gets ahead of him or herself. Right. Uh, and so not someone that you may want to be. And, you know, you say hair, yeah. and I think hair. Sure. And I'm Greek, yeah. so I got I enough none. of it. <laughs> I, have I got enough of it. It's all over my house. I'm right. shedding constantly, <laughs> uh, haircuts all the time. Right. So, okay, the tortoise, if you're for something, the hair, if you're against it. Sounds good. Or if you're not, you know, excited, too excited about it. Gotcha. All right, so we'll start out with uh, still, you know, kind of the season for it. Okay. Resolutions. Uh, the tortoise or the hair? I'm going to go with the tortoise on that one. Okay. It's important to set a goal and work towards it. Um, I've tried it both ways before, mm -hmm. and 
it usually works better when I when I lay something out ahead of me because I have a tendency to just go by the seat of my pants, really no plans, no direction. And that usually doesn't work too well for me. So usually when I set some kind of benchmark and, and work towards it, it works best for me. So someone who has a lot of irons in the fire like right. yourself, sure. uh, so something like a, a resolution is not necessarily just at New Year's, right? Yeah. I think that might be one of the other things that people get caught up on is sure. sort of the idea of New Year's resolutions. I'm going to do this in January, and then by March, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> but it seems like it's more of a constant sort oh, of, of update. Of it's course. sort of a constant look it's, at It's sometimes hourly, sometimes monthly. Um, I know I started out this year. I wrote it on my book, so I don't forget. But my resolution this year was to evolve, and that's kind of the long-term, you know, 12-month goal. But um I've got so many things happening in the next week, in the next month that yeah. uh, I've kind of set little benchmarks um, to almost hourly just to make sure that I, I'm staying on track with all the things that I have going on. So. Well, that's, and that's a good overarching goal, too, because a lot of things, whether it's going to uh, a play, going to a musical or, you know, just participating in something you wouldn't have thought to participate in. Right. And pushing yourself. Definitely. You're going to evolve. Of course. I like course, that. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm with you on that one. How about voicemail, the tortoise or the hare? Oh, the hare. I I, I can't. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't even understand why that feature still exists because I'm more of a text me kind of guy. Like, I'm going to be quicker to respond to a text and to check the voice. I don't even remember my voicemail password. That's how bad it is. I don't even think my voicemail set on my phone. So I'm going to have to go with the hare on that one. That that would be a good one is some sort of uh, like preset message yeah. that we could provide to people like, hey, this is a Kwanzaa Nick. <laughs> Whoever you're calling is not going to listen to this. They're going to call you back probably. Yeah. yeah. But if you want a faster response, go ahead. Probably. And text yeah. Them. I'm yeah. sure my voicemail's packed to capacity because <laughs> I see the little symbol and I just ignore it because it's it's pointless. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> nice. If it's that important, they'll go back. Seriously. To uh, colonizing Mars. The tortoise or the hare? I'm going to say tortoise on that. Okay. Um, Do you want to go? I, I would, listen, I'd really be interested in, in visiting Mars. Um, a really good friend of mine, forgive me, I can't remember his name. We did Pachakasha together, and he's really big on space. Uh, he did his talk on space. Uh, Brendan Byrne? Brendan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my man. And um, he really makes it seem like we got a we got to pack our duffel bags and get there quick. So he's got me excited about it. And, and just the, I mean, we've got the Tesla circling the globe. Yep. Well, I don't know if it's still somewhere. No, yeah, no, it's out there. It's out there. So yeah. uh, if, if we can have a Tesla out there, I think it's time for me to, for you back, to get out, and there get out well. there and get right. on Mars. Right. Yeah. We'll get you that backpack. <laughs> very, <good>. very special <laughs> backpack. How do you feel about uh, smart homes, the tortoise or the hare? I'm going to go with the hare on that. Um, yeah. Only because my kids are really big on the Alexa thing now. They really are, Alexa, you know, what time is it? And I'm like, we're becoming really lazy now. Like, let's let's look at the watch. Let's learn how to read the watch again and, and tell time for ourselves. Uh, well, I, this is so, so this is something you speak about is, you know, we're losing the ability to uh, read. We're we losing... Are. Not necessarily the ability, but sure. the the momentum, yeah. the um, the the opportunity yeah. to read. Just and human the, interaction in general. Yeah. I feel uh, sure they call it social media, but a lot of it's not really being social. We've kind of isolated ourselves on our devices, oh, yeah. and we're and, all waiting for our turn. Yeah, to we're talk. missing we're missing yeah. this right here. What we're doing is literally looking at each other and communicating like adults. Yeah. Um, and I'm fearful for my children because if they lose that, then we're going to kind of create this new trend of people just only communicating. 
via text message or social media, which uh, there's something special about this, uh, communicating face-to-face and talking and learning about someone, um, which you can't really get when you do that via smart device or mm-hmm. smart home or smart anything. So, And I'm scared technology is going to get smarter than us uh, in a nutshell, so let's, let's kind of give technology a break for a little bit. Do you think it'd be good? I, I've always wondered, so my son does a little bit. He's 14, so he does a little bit of his own okay. thing. Like anything I do isn't good enough or smart enough for the right way. Sure. And, uh, but so he does his own show. Okay. And, uh, he interviews or he records his friends telling stories. Usually it's one friend telling story, but sometimes he tells his own stories as well. But it's pretty interesting to hear his take on things and to hear how he's, uh, he's interacting with, uh, with someone. And, you know, as a parent, you want to go, yeah, but if you just ask this, or if you just like (laughs) had done this, because think about the listener and do but then you have to also take a step back and just go, okay, do it. Yeah. Just figure yeah. it out. You'll yeah. figure it out, hopefully, yeah. or yeah. you'll go on to the next yeah. thing. And, and it's it's a balance, right? Because I understand my kids need to be uh, in technology. Technology is the way of the future. I want them to be ahead of the curve. Uh, but when they start questioning, when they ask Siri to validate what I've told them, that's kind of when I'm like, whoa, all right, now we're <laughs> it's getting out of hand. Like, I know a little bit more than Siri right now, so. Yeah, they're not going to believe anything you say. It doesn't really matter. Uh, Okay, so Tortoise or the Hare award season. So we're going into, I think the Oscars is coming up. I can't remember if we had the Grammys or I think we just did. Just had the Grammys, yeah. Had the Grammys. So Golden Globes, all this stuff has already happened. Sure, sure. How do you feel about it in general, Uh, the Tortoise or the Hare? Yeah, I'm a a big hare when it comes to awards. Um, I... I tend to believe we lean a lot on fame and, and famous people. Um, we look to them for guidance, which is good and bad. I think there's a lot that we can learn from famous people, their work ethic and, you know, what they did to get to that achievement and, and status. But when we start, you know, saying this person is better than that person because of X, Y, Z, I think that's where we kind of have to draw the line. And then we start handing out shiny awards for it. And, and a lot of them. I know. <laughs> and then we start, you know, saying, you know, this person's work isn't as good as that person's work. And I think that's when it comes to the realm of just creativity and being an artist, um, everyone's work has, it deserves some kind of recognition. And mm. um, those kind of awards don't really recognize the full spectrum of people's work. And uh, for that, I'm going to go with the hair on that one. Yeah. Right. Let's go back to technology for a second. Uh, this just opened up a couple of weeks ago. Amazon Go. Did you hear about this? Um, I haven't heard about Amazon Go, but Amazon in general has become a, a beast, honestly. <laughs> so this is a new concept of theirs. It's their convenience slash grocery store. Okay. But the, and they opened one up in Seattle, took wow. them an extra year to build it out because of the complex nature of it. Sure. The idea is that you have an app before right. you go in, uh, you register with the app, you walk in, you take the stuff off the shelves, you put it in your bag, you walk out. Okay. There are representatives there, <laughs> but there's no checkout. There's no cashier. There's okay. no nothing. Okay. They're checking everything with cameras wow. and weights and magic and RFIDs and who knows what they're doing. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. But you go in there, you get your uh, bottle of shampoo and, well, not in your case. (laughs) I have no hair. But uh, I'm trying to do relevant things here. I understand. (laughs) What's your favorite thing? Right. Uh, Mine would have to be, let's just say buttons. Buttons. Yeah. So you go in, you get your uh, pack of buttons, buttons, (laughs) uh, maybe a soda, and you just walk out. Right. Wow, that's and scary. so, uh, so a couple of people have said like, I, I the the social interaction of it is missing. Yeah. 
But the convenience of just like going in there, feeling, you know, in, in yeah. a weird way, feeling trusted sure. and trusting the technology to yeah. be able to do that effectively yeah. Yeah. Um, is pretty interesting. Yeah. <sighs> so what do you think about that? Amazon Go? I'm going to be a hair on that one. And I yeah. don't want to be a Debbie Downer with technology at all because I, I do believe technology, we need to keep advancing in that area. But again, just for example, I... I took my daughter, I think it was last weekend, we went to Tampa to the Hello Kitty truck. There was a traveling Hello Kitty yeah. truck that travels around um, the state. And it ended up in Tampa. We go, she has her will. I let her buy whatever she wants. I give the guy my debit card. Uh, he cashes me out. And a few minutes later, I get an email with my receipt. And I'm like, I never gave you my information to know how to send that to me yet it somehow came to me and that yeah, it's frightened registered, me it's registered on your card yeah basically. it kind of I, I didn't know that was something that happened and it was like wow like they have my information like all of it and uh, it made me take a step back and be like wow well we really have to put some kind of boundaries on how far we can go with technology because if we don't I think a lot of our information will be readily available to people and that's really mm -hmm. scary to me like i do love some privacy i like to maintain some level of privacy and i don't want everyone to know everything about me so right right uh, the amazon go thing listen it may work for some but for me i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the good old-fashioned catch me at the checkout let me talk to the cash register lady we'll have a laugh while she checks my stuff out i'll probably say paper because I'm, I'm trying to save the planet when I'm checking out. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I'll go with the good old fashioned route on that. All right. Yeah. Very good. Uh, so let's get away from technology for a second. Uh, okay. How about zombies? Wow. Uh, I'm going to go with hair on that. I'm, I'm petrified of that whole idea that <laughs> we can have the, the undead, undead walking back, around. Yeah. yeah uh, it's, it's kind of terrifying, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the point, but yeah, it is, <laughs> it is relatively terrifying. It is, and the fact that it could possibly happen really terrifying. I've seen, you know, preparing for zombie apocalypse things yeah, happening. There's plenty of books yeah, and stuff out I, there um, about what you should do. Yeah, just the thought of it really freaks me out. That'll make a really good speech for me one day. I'm gonna, I might craft something like that. Well, it's funny because I think it's, so, it, you know, in many ways it started out as a symbol or as a metaphor for you know, us not being connected Definitely. and us being against each other. Yeah. Um, and now it could be a very good metaphor for technology. Technology, yeah. Right? Like no, everybody's definitely. looking at their phones. They're of not course. looking up. You get other people addicted. Of or, course. You know, you're basically uh, spreading it um, in some way, the virus yeah. uh, or whatever. But, yeah. Yeah, as a pop culture sort of thing, yeah. as in the stories and everything, I think it's it, it's tough because it there's, a, there's a lot of it. It is. It is. It is. All right. So back to technology for a second. Taking your phone in the bathroom, the tortoise or the hare? <laughs> uh, this is too personal. I understand. No, 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 no I love it. To, I love it. I'm actually, I'm actually the tortoise in that department. I, yeah. uh, I get a lot of thinking done um, in that area. <laughs> so, uh, what great time! I actually use my phone. It has, I have the note, and so it has a little uh, stylus that you can pull out and just start scribbling. And so, mm -hmm. um, I usually have some good music playing, some jazz, and I'm just scribbling down thoughts and ideas in there. So I'm. I usually catch up on a lot of social media at that time as well. So tortoise, pro tortoise on that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. How about coffee? Oh, tortoise on that. Like I've got, I've got mine right next yeah, to you. Right? Came in. <laughs> yeah. You came in with coffee. Yeah, I, was like, I did. Well, maybe Listen, it's Starbucks. I'm trying Joe. to put, a, I'm, I'm, good. I'm trying to put a limitation on how much I consume in a day, but it's definitely 
uh, for me, a necessity. It, it definitely gets me going. Gets you going. A little pick me up. Pick a little me bit up. of energy carry here and there. Carry me around. Yeah, it is. It is. It is <laughs> pick important. Pick me up. Carry me around. <laughs> yes. Do my work for me. Exactly. And then around three o'clock, when it wears off, I'll I'll go back for some more. So yeah, pro That's pro good. tortoise on that. Yeah. That's good. All right. How about driverless cars? The tortoise wow. or the hare? Yeah. Wow. I, I wish I hope there's a medium for that because I, I I recently got to see a Tesla up close and personal mm-hmm. and I think the idea is amazing I think I'm truly inspired by sci-fi and seeing flying cars and you know anything that the car can do on its own kind of amazes me that technology can go to that route but I've heard so many horror stories about these things crashing into things and they're just sure. I mean. I don't want to be the guinea pig for the driving, the, drive, the driverless, the driverless cars. cars right okay. now. Let, let's give it a couple years. Let it test you know. it out. So they're building the test facility in Lake County yeah. and they're going to be doing a lot of the testing here Yeah, uh, for Uber. And I think one of the other ride shares, they've tried it out. Uh, but okay. they, so they'll have technically no one will be driving the car, yeah. but there's an Uber representative in the car Ready to take over. Ready to take the wheel. Okay. At any given time. So <laughs> okay. they can test it out, right? Sure, like they, sure. they're going to have to test it out eventually. Right. And if the idea is to reduce, not right. eliminate, because right. we'll never be able to eliminate sure. uh, traffic fatalities and traffic accidents. Sure. But if it's to reduce it, I'd, I'd much rather trust a computer than other humans. No, I, I agree. Myself included. <laughs> right. I don't, I'd love to see them, instead of doing the cars, we need to lean more on the trains. Like I think... If we could come up with some kind of monorail concept like Disney has. I think a lot um, of people have talked about that. Yeah. Like the driverless car, maybe that's great, but yeah. can we fix public transportation? Sure, I was going to say yeah. we have way too many cars on the road as right. it is. Let's uh, let's try to get some cars off the road and right. let's try to get a bigger mass transit thing happening. Uh, I think that would probably be a better solution I'm, for me. I'm so I'm going to go right in the middle on that, man. I don't know if there's an animal right in between the tortoise and the hare, but I'm going to go right in the middle on that one. Okay. It could be a uh, an armadillo. Armadillo. Yeah, they're kind of with fast. I'm with- they also have uh, the, armor? You know, the armor. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. We'll go with that. I'm armadillo with <laughs> is the one. I also think we may want to look at um, uh, trebuchets and yes. uh, what do you call it? As a way to transport yeah, people. I agree. Yeah. Because uh, everybody's going to know what a trebuchet is. Yeah. And I... <laughs> Cannot remember the name of the other. Catapult. Catapult. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Catapult. <laughs> Why can't I remember words the, ac- the accuracy on that might be a little difficult. Well, yeah, but you get in the general yeah. vicinity. No, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> very quickly. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah, it's a fast trip. <laughs> we have to question the landing, though. How do you, what's the what's We'll the figure landing? that out. It's, yeah. it's sure. something for the engineers. <laughs> sure. <laughs> We're just the idea guys. There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, how do you feel about cinematic universes? The tortoise or the hare? Oh, I am I am definitely a tortoise on that one. Yep. I am um, uh, a big fan of the recent, you know, the Wakanda. The, the Black Panther. The Black Panther. Huge Avatar fan. Huge, huge Avatar fan. Um, trying to get into the Star Wars. Uh, I, I, I'm behind the curve on that. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't get into that until recently. So I've seen the, the newer ones, but I need to go back and see. Right, right. Are those the older ones or those are the newer ones? Because those are... <sighs> Okay, so there's a couple of different ways okay, yeah. to to watch it. So okay. I would have you look up uh, what's known as the machete order. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of I've that. Not, I have not. So if you can. so there was a guy a few years ago. This was before uh, Lucas uh, Films was okay. bought out by Disney, and sure. Disney started making you know seven, eight, and nine, okay. and these other movies. Okay. 
And uh, there was a gentleman, I think he's a programmer, and his website was called No Machete Juggling. Okay. And so he wrote this 10,000 word, just at random, sure. kind of treatise on the right way to watch the Star Wars movies, episodes okay. one through six. Okay. And so it just caught on. It caught fire. Okay. And so everyone calls it the Machete Order the machete now, order. just after his website. Name. Okay. And so the idea is you watch uh, episodes, um, uh, so four and five. Okay. So A New Hope, the first, okay. the first two that came out. Right. A New Hope and then uh, Empire Strikes Empire Back. Empire Strikes Back, okay. And then you go back and watch episodes two and three for a little bit about the Anakin story, the Anakin okay. history. Okay. And then you watch episode six, Return of the Jedi, skipping episode one altogether. <laughs> okay. Because it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's it's pretty horrible. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I'm... so, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that's one way okay. of doing it. Yeah. yeah, eventually maybe watching episode one if you really feel like you need okay. to. Okay. No, yeah. I'm going to try that. That's the idea yeah. behind it, and there's a lot of websites about it and yeah. things of that nature. So, but I'm I'm really intrigued by the fantasy worlds that are being created, and I think it takes a, it really takes a really creative mind to think a world, an entire world, through and and put that out in front of screen. It's actually something I'm going to try to do in one of my next books. Uh, I wanted to try to tackle the sci-fi world, and it's called Absolute Zero. It's something I've been working on for a while, but. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to try to I want to try to get into this the, that world of creating a world that people will kind of be involved in, and that has to kind of go in like a trilogy. Like these these worlds have trilogies and and well, numerous, it's bigger, right? Because you is. have to you have to set up the world exactly, too. exactly. So it's not like Just you know, and some of your other books are based on you know, it's it's here, it's sure. uh, in Brooklyn, it's, yeah. You know, it's it's very easy to explain and yeah. to do that, yeah. but I think for sci-fi. It's a lot harder because you are world building. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So to me, then you build the world. What's the most important thing after that? Would you say in terms of writing the story? Uh, definitely character development. I would think um, you want to get people vested in the characters and actually fall in love with them and want to continue, you know, in the world and the journey that the characters are going to go down. So it's something that. It's a daunting task. I just thinking about it now, but I I'm really when I see the movies like the Star Wars and the and the Avatars and all these, I've, there's a slew of them coming. But it's really amazing to see mm -hmm. that someone thought that through and was able to paint the picture and then take us in that world. And then people become so vested in it. Like I, I the Star Wars movement to me is amazing. Um, the characters and people love the dressing and the the they have a. Uh, not events. Yeah, the conventions. The conventions the, and all those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just, uh, yeah. That's amazing to me. It's almost, when you can create a following like that, you've done some magic. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to talk more about your books and I want to talk more about, uh, maybe a little bit about the Marvel universe. Because Definitely. I think that's probably out of all of them, the most interesting and the most current. I just got to see Black Panther oh, this awesome, weekend, yeah. finally. Yeah. But uh, let's see. We've got a couple more questions for you. Okay. Uh, cursive. So the, oh, you know, man. requiring that in school sure. again, uh, did you have to learn it when you were in school and then tortoise or the hare? How do yeah. you feel about it in general? Oh, definitely the tortoise on it. Uh, it was something that maybe it's the artistic side of me, but I loved that free flowingness of cursive writing. Uh, it's something that I tried to master and. Uh, I do. I dabble a little bit in graffiti. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, as we all do, yeah, <laughs> I think it's important that the kids know that there's a a free flowing style of writing that 
Um, and I had no idea they took it away. That's how scary it is. Um, so they definitely need to bring it back. I think it's important that we expose kids to all forms of writing and, and, and showing them that there's more than one way to do something. Um, I, I can't believe they took it away. It was it was almost something that we had to learn in yeah, my yeah, time. Yeah. Like if you didn't know yeah. how to do it, like shame on you. So. Well, I like the idea of not only learning there's more than one way to do something. Sure. So that's an important lesson oh, that important. I think can be Very illustrated through that. Uh, because you can't, like, math, kind of yeah. not so much, yeah, right? Sure. It's, yeah. You add and yeah. you subtract and that's you do it. that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but then also the expressive part of it. Of so course. it helps you uh, learn about art and yourself oh, and of things course. of that nature. Of so, yeah, it's a of really course. good point. And it's something you have to continue to practice. Like, even to this day, um, a lot of it is in, you know, the graffiti that I'll do. I'll use that free-flowing form mm-hmm. of just being loose and letting it go. Um, and I think if we just teach our kids that, keep it between the top line and the bottom line, big letter, small letter, they're going to lose that creativity and imagination of being like, well, you know, maybe I'll go a little over that top line and maybe I'll go a little below that bottom line and see what happens then. That's where I think the real creativity comes in. So, Very nice. Yeah. Sandwiches. The tortoise or the hare? Okay. I'm a sandwich guy, so yeah. definitely tortoise on that one. What's your favorite one to make for yourself, and what is your favorite one to have made for you? Sure. I'm, I'm basic. I'm ham and cheese. Um, you got to toast the bread for me, though. I I'm, don't, don't you like give a little me that. crunch, a little I texture like a little on the crunch, outside. A little, yeah. little texture. If, yeah. if you really want to get, yeah, we call it gangster. If you really want to get gangster, you can cut the crust off. But uh, if I were to have a sandwich made, ugh. Probably a club. I like I like all the, I like oh, all yeah, the yeah, meats. Classic. Yeah, the yeah, all yeah. the meats. And you gotta toast it. You gotta you gotta toast that thing. Okay, what I'm getting is toasted toast bread. Toast that bread. Like let's all just right. establish that right now. Anybody out there's listening <laughs> wants to suck up to a quant yeah. at some point. Yeah. Man, just get them toasted bread. Yeah, and then cut the corners off if you're gonna give me the uh the old school bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about the beach? Oh, wow, that's a good question. I am I've become a beach guy lately. Have you? Yeah, so I'm going to be a tortoise on that one. Okay. So, you may not catch me in the water. Uh, I'm not a big fan of, you know, the sharks and jellies and all all the animals, the aquatic animals that are swimming in it. Uh, but I do we have to- a, l- a big shark uh, uh listenership. Oh, a wow. big audience wow. in the shark world. Yeah. So, no offense, guys. Listen, I I'll, I'll, I'll probably get ankle deep in it. Okay. Um, just because my kids love it. But for me, I'm the, you know, put the beach chair in, set up the tent, feel the breeze, listen to the waves lapping type of guy. It's really tranquil for me. I love mm-hmm. that. And being a city kid, uh, the beach wasn't something I experienced till I came to Florida. And now that I'm here, I'm like, this is great. This is, uh, what have I been missing my whole life? <laughs> Although I'm not a big fan of the sand. Uh, it definitely gets in places that I didn't know existed. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of hard once you leave the beach to kind of get rid of the sand. But so the I'll sand a- and the water, basically. <sighs> Which kind of uh, yeah, when you say that, it makes it sound like, <laughs> like you may not like the beach so much. Okay. Can I just get the waves and the sound? Yeah, yeah. yeah how yeah. about that? The wind yeah. and the sound is probably all. I think I need. there's a CD for that. Okay. Yeah, we'll <laughs> just start playing that in right. the background. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, and uh, we were talking about tortoises and their little tiny houses. How do you feel about the tiny house movement, the tortoise or the hare? I, I really like the tiny house movement. I HGTV, I'm a sucker for sitting there and watching that show only because I believe less is more. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
it's kind of hard to say that because I'm a collector and I collect a lot of things. So my house is full of junk. So maybe that's why I'm a big fan of the tiny houses. But so you're looking at that going, that could be me someday. Ah, just my life me, could be simpler. Just get me a storage unit maybe in, so I can put all my stuff in. But I do like the so idea two of tiny houses. Two tiny houses. Definitely. One for you with nothing in it and the and other the one other. filled to the brim. <laughs> exactly. Uh, with your collection. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, no, and that makes perfect come sense. Come to think of it, I mean, I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. It would be kind of hard to have a tiny house with them because they are constantly just, ah, just, I would need to send them outside all the time. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just so I can get some peace and quiet. But the idea of the simplifying at some point, the decluttering, the only bringing, only keeping the stuff that brings you joy, you know, those sorts of things. I'm totally pro for that. And I've seen they they have some that move. So I would love that, that aspect of being able to pick it up and just go and get new scenery and just lay it down in a new area and kind of setting up roots there for a little bit and then picking up and go again. I think that's, that's part of the tiny house thing that Mm -hmm. really inspires me. Yeah. So the the travel component of yes. being able to yes. just yeah because I mean what do you you're stuck with a thirty year you know sometimes fixed mortgage, mortgage when you when yeah. yeah and you're at a house and you, you really are you're married to that house for a while but I think with the tiny house thing you can throw it on the back of a, a RV or you can throw it on the back of a, a, a pickup and or it usually has just wheels on it yeah and you, and you just, just hook it up and go just go yeah God, this that. is anti mortgage talk with a Kwanzaa Nick <laughs> if you have any questions you can give us a call there and, you go yeah. <laughs> Uh, last question for now. Thank you so much. Uh, I feel like I've gotten to know you very yeah. well. But um, uh, Cobbler, the dessert, not the person who fixed his shoes. <laughs> I'm going to be the rabbit on that. I am that consistency of pie and, and that Cobbler consistency is just not for me, man. Yeah. It's, it's not my cup of tea. Uh, I'm going to go with the rabbit on that one. All right. What's your dessert of choice? Anything in the world, here you go. Vanilla bean cheesecake. If I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be really spot on right now, vanilla yeah. bean it has to be vanilla bean though. It can't be just normal cheesecake. And not vanilla. No cheesecake. You need the little vanilla bean. Yeah, I need those little yeah, those yeah, little yeah. Dots. <laughs> That's gonna be my dessert of choice, honestly. All right. Yeah, well man. we'll get some of that as well. So we know that you like uh, the toasted bread. Yes. We know you like the coffee. Yes. So if anybody's listening to this in the future <laughs> and they're looking to suck up to you. There it is. They know. You got it all. That's really why I do this show. <laughs> is for my guests for future for future you. I love that. To get what you want. All right, let's listen to a song. <laughs> Corinne Bailey Ray, call me. I love her. When you get this. I love her. Uh, so this goes back to the uh, phone in the bathroom, I think, conversation a little bit. But uh, that's on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Corinne Bailey Ray on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. My name is Nick. I'm back with my very special guest at Kwanzaa Cadigan. Good morning, morning. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, so one of the places we can learn more about you uh, is on the World Wide Web, AkwanzaCadigan.com. Definitely, yeah. And I'll have some links up on my site for that to make sure that uh, people know how to get there. But if they search for you, they'll find you. You're on all of these social mediums. Yeah. Is that the plural? No, media Media. as well. And uh, so we can learn a lot about you. But um, just in general, uh, what I was finding interesting is on your website and, uh, you know, looking at Nerd Night and your bio there. Yeah is you identify with a lot of different uh, titles. Uh, titles or, you know, uh, sort of places in the world sure. for you. So sure, mentor, sure. public speaker, yeah. uh, sneaker aficionado, oh, yeah. uh, truth teller, <laughs> truth teller uh, was yes. a big one for you. But yeah. you're also an author, 
you went to school for journalism, so oh, yeah. you, you list yourself as a visual journalist. Yeah. When somebody asks you, it's got to be tough. Like, it okay, is. who are you? What do you do? It is. How do you sum that up? Or what is the one thing that you self-identify with the most? Like the the first thing you that pops in your head. Yeah, it, it, that's the million-dollar question for me. And, you know, when I really tried to become this public figure, I said, you know, how do I not confuse people more than they already are when they try to figure out who I am? And the best answer is just, listen, I am a, I'm a human being that is just trying to do the best I can with the talents that I have and that I've been given. Um, of course, now society kind of, you have to label those things, right? And so I went on to try to do that um, with being an author, a mentor, a public speaker, and so on and so on. But first and foremost, I am just, like I said, a human being that is really passionate about everything. I'm inspired by everything. Um, I find giving back, uh, giving more than you take, uh, mm -hmm. is is something that really fuels me. Um, our young people, uh, I think, if we really are serious about changing um, anything that's going on in the world, we really got to start building up our young people. Um, so I do a lot of that as well. Sort um, of that outreach and uh, working the, with kids. The outreach and, is, is yeah. key. Um, and then everything that goes under it is just my hobbies and things, that, subcultures that I love being a part of. Uh, so the sneakers. Uh, I actually had a little time where I did the... Uh, import tuner world where I used to be in the car club world before the whole fast and furious movement. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to have a, a Honda Civic, a sedan. I'm very proud of it. Uh, we used to, I called it black thought. It was called black thought in homage to the, the famous, my favorite rapper from the roots crew. Um, and I used to, you know, lower it. It had the TV in it and the race. I mean, the suspension, dial it in. So uh, the subculture. Did you have the nitro button? I did not have the nitro okay. button. Uh, but I did have the annoying exhaust that people come to recognize those cars with, which is yeah, yeah, really yeah. annoying now that I'm, I've gotten older <laughs> and I'm like, God, why did I really enjoy that? But um, uh, I, I'm truly passionate about a lot of things. And, and mm -hmm. um, like you mentioned, the author thing for me is big. Um, for me, that's where this all started. Uh, I went to school to be a journalist and um, I'm really a, a shy introvert by nature. I'm a huge uh, watching, you know, Anderson Cooper at night, just a cup of tea by myself. Um, and then that's what writing gave me the ability to do is be no one needed to know who I was. I was yeah. able to write these books, put them out. And no one even knew I wrote books um, even to this day. And then I wasn't getting enough attention in that world. Like I felt like, so I made one book, I made two books, I made three books and people were still not um, connecting connecting and, with yeah. it like I wanted to. Yeah. And, and, and then I stumbled into this world of Toastmasters, which uh, for me just, it blew my mind away that there's this underground society, needless to say, of speakers who... Um, not only are speakers, but wanting to be better leaders and they have competitions and, you know, there's different clubs and it's all, it's a global network. And so once I got involved in Toastmasters, it helped me find my voice. Um, it helped me get that confidence to come out from behind that shell of being like, listen, I don't really want people to know who I am. I don't want <laughs> them to know what I do. Um, but it gave me that confidence to kind of stand up in front of people and say, hey, here, here is who I am. Here is what I do. And once I got that confidence, it kind of snowballed into, um, you know, some people asking me to come and talk to some kids about, you know, what I've done thus far. And then that even fueled a passion to where the kids um, 
the kids now are like, man, I remember you. You're the guy that came and talked about sneakers. You're the guy that came and talked about John Coltrane and, you know, any any camp, any school campus I'll come on. The kids will remember me for those things. And I'm like, though, that that to me really uh, it does something for me. And, oh, yeah. you know, when you remember that forever. when, kid, when I've been yeah. able to connect with kids like that and, um, you know, just just being able to be who I am and not have to put on any kind of show is is truly what i love about being me i guess you know so let's talk about your arc then to from becoming sort of this very passionate person but very introverted right so you get into something and you go with it definitely um i don't know much about toastmasters you mentioned the competition but it from what i've read about it it's a very collaborative environment right like you're being encouraged and you're encouraging other people to get up there in front of people and speak which is one of the biggest fears, oh, like I think it's it not. outweighs zombies oh, yeah. and every other kind of <laughs> it does. horror genre in terms of like, it does. if I were to ask some people to do that, it does. and if you asked me to do that 20 years ago, no chance, yeah. zero chance of me getting on a radio, yeah. getting in front of a group, yeah. none of that, yeah. forget it. Uh, I'll tell you this, it's not for everyone, and I do believe everyone should give it a try, but it's definitely not for everyone. And and just to sum it up in a, a few minutes, it's you have to do 10 speeches. And in that 10 speeches, they're trying to teach you the mechanics of speaking. Right. So it's not just talking. It's body language. It's vocal variety, being able to yell and whisper and uh, connecting with your listeners. Right. And now the advantage a little unfair that I have is that I am a writer by nature. And so I, a lot of these thoughts and ideas and the creativity that I have, I'm able to uh, script them out uh, and then just being able to kind of practice it. And I use Toastmasters now. I've been in it four or five years. Um, I use my club specifically to rehearse a lot of the material that I'm, you know, just working on conceptually in my Mm -hmm. head. Um, And what, the club does is they give you feedback. Um, you know, you, you could have done this here differently. You could have maybe incorporated that there differently. And that to me is the invaluable part. Like I love feedback. And I think in the world we're living in today, people are a little hesitant to say, you know what, eh, that was good, but you could do this to be better. And and that's what I really love is someone giving me some really constructive feedback so that I can I yeah. can continue to grow. I don't want to be perfect. I don't want I don't think I'm perfect and I think no one's perfect. And so to be able to sit back and say, "Hey, you can probably say that differently or tweak this, yeah, tweak that." Yeah, being able to deliver constructive criticism, being able to accept. <clears throat> oh man, that's constructive criticism. That's that the is, best part, man. Yeah. That's the best part. But beyond that, getting in front of people and getting that fear of getting over that fear of speaking in front of people is key. That's what Toastmasters really does. And once you're able to get over the fear, then sky's the limit. Um, I've been able to now do amazing things like Story Club and Pachakasha and Nerd Night coming up. A lot of people have just heard me speak and pass my name on to someone else who's passed my name on to someone else. And again, that snowball effect keeps yeah. happening of where people are like, hey, you know, who, have you heard of this guy at Kwanzaa? You should. So did you, I mean, and it's, you know, you've done a lot of the different things. There was Art Not Places. And so you're getting up there uh, and immerse yeah. and you're, you're getting up there in front of people. Yeah. Um, and I think for those two, you were, you know, did you even have an audience or were you just up there speaking? <laughs> 
again and it, waiting for an audience to come by. It, it was interesting. So I, I, my creativity again, I, I was sitting down one night and I was like, you know, I think it would be really cool to do this soapbox and pay homage to the kind of the speakers of the past that got on these soapboxes and talked. And so a really good friend of mine, uh, John Von Mutes, if he's listening, shout outs to John. Uh, he actually built me a soapbox, which was, you know, a conceptual idea. I was like, hey, man, you think you can build me a soapbox? And he was like, yeah, I think I could. And he, he does some some woodmanship and uh, built me a soapbox. And I p- painted it and, you know, I got out in the streets and my idea was just spread positivity. Um, there's so much negativity happening right now in the world. I was like, let's take a different angle. Let's not go up there and be preachy. Mm-hmm. Let's not, you know, belittle anyone. Let's not like isolate anyone, but let's preach positivity. And that's literally what I did. And I was just super fortunate that a lot of the folks were really open to the idea and just gave me the opportunity um, because it's awesome to have these concepts, uh, but then to take that concept make it something that's tangible and then go out and do it is something that I sit back and I'm like, man, I did that. Like I really, I went out in front of Orlando and literally stood on a soapbox and I played music and I got to just talk about uplifting things. And so, so fortunate. Well, let me ask you, because it seems like you've thrown yourself into a lot of opportunities and on purpose made yourself uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Like it's not somebody coming up and saying, oh, this is super easy. Can you do this? Yeah, sure, sure. It sure. is stuff that is, you know, I, I think a lot of people would look at it and go, oh, it doesn't sound that easy. <laughs> um, what is when the voice in your head yeah. is saying that's that's insane, yeah. you can't do it, it's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, how do you handle that? Like, who who do you go to? Who do you talk to? What do you interact with? Like, what do you, you throw your headphones on and you just listen to something? <sighs> I definitely bounce some ideas. I'm surrounded by a ton of amazing people who are willing to t- listen to my ideas and maybe help me put a little substance around it. Cause I'm the, I'm the kind of guy that's like, ah, you know, let's, let's go to the moon. Like let's, <laughs> but you know, there's a whole process of, you know, wait, let's first, how do we, you know, what do we need for the moon? Like how, right. how, how long is it going to take us? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you to everyone who is around me that, listens to my ideas and says, you know what, that could possibly work. Um, But I thrive off of taking risks. I think that's when I grow the most. And I'm not complacent with just being, you know, this normal guy that writes books and speaks. Like, I want to push the boundaries and see how far it can go. And so if if it involves risk, that's when you're going to see me front and center saying, I want to be present. I want to see if I can fail. And there's been a lot of times when I've taken risks and it hasn't worked out and I've learned even more from those situations, you know, like I, I think it's important for us to fail. I think it's important for us to take risks and fail. And that's the approach I take with all of these um, opportunities I'm given. You know, I may not know, I may not be a big part of the Orlando community just yet, but I want to be. And, and the only way to do that is to get in front of them and say, hey, here's who I am. I'm not going anywhere. Listen to me. Um, And thankfully so far, people have been really receptive to it and they really enjoy it. And I've had people say, you know, what you said changed my life. I really connect with that. Um, So that's kind of the reward for taking the risk is is having people connect with what I'm doing and what I'm saying. What I appreciate the 
that you are trying to do this in the Orlando community, which is an adopted community for yep. you. You're from the New York area. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you came down in, what was it, about 94, 95? It would be somewhere around there. I was about yeah. seven years old, seven years old. And here's the funny thing about that. So when you leave New York and you come to Orlando, of course, there's a, a bit of change. But going back home in New York, they're going to tell you, ah, you're a Floridian. Like, you, you haven't been here long. So it, it created a sense of kind of displacement. Like, I, yeah. I really didn't know what community I belonged with. And then... Once I did kind of get accustomed to Orlando and the lifestyle, um, I up and went to Gainesville for a couple of years and did college, which was another change in culture and, and shift. And uh, Did that help with your perspective at all? I mean, going oh, really and doing did. all of that and it, moving around like that? It really did. Uh, so I met, when I went to the University of Florida, I met um, Dr. Marilyn Thomas Houston, who I talk about a lot in some of my speeches and she was uh, a very, what's the word I'm looking for? She was just a passionate woman about African-American studies. And at the time, the University of Florida did not have an African-American studies program. And I saw the passion that she had in trying to create that culture at UF. And I, she literally took me under her wing and was like, hey, there's something in you that I see that I think is unique and different. And so I became part of the... Um, I guess it's like the inaugural class class that would launch the Black Studies program at UF. And being able to do that, the classes were very small and intimate. There were some times I had one-on-one classes with her and other professors, um, and it gave me an opportunity to really dive into my culture and and discover who I am and what I am and and what that fits in 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 the big diaspora of just being an African-American in society today. And that really helped me. Um, because, again, the displacement of coming from New York to Florida, mm-hmm. that whole culture shock and change and who you are, then leaving and going to an even smaller community in Gainesville, and then being surrounded by, you know, just growing as a person on my own, and then being in that environment where I was able to explore my culture and explore, you know, who I am. That's that's why I'm who I am today. So I think it's important that nice. journey, that journey was important yeah. for me, yeah. Well, and one thing you talked about at Orlando Story Club, the theme was This is Orlando, yep. was moving down, you felt very much like uh, you didn't fit. Yeah. And then uh, the magic ended up drafting Anthony Hardaway. My Penny Hardaway. Man, yeah. <laughs> and what's interesting about that is I think we, you know, there's so much talk about the the business of the NBA and sports sure. and what it means to a community in terms of dollars and cents, yeah. but in terms of the community identity. Right. Because it wasn't until the magic got really good that I even looked at Orlando as a potential place that I wanted to move. Certainly, yeah. Uh, so it was interesting hearing that and kind of going, oh, you know, I can relate to that yeah. very much because yeah. we had this, you know, whether you like it or not, this yeah. celebrity yeah. Uh, who was here in town. Definitely playing for the community, I yeah. mean, playing for a paycheck, playing <laughs> to prove that he's the best and yeah. all those other reasons too, Definitely, but playing for the community. Sure, sure, sure. And so that very much was, uh, was something that connected me with Orlando as well. So when you told that story, yeah. that was pretty interesting. I was looking to identify with anything um, that was Orlando. And of course, my family from 
up north would say, you know, that's the house of the mouse. It's Mickey Mouse. It's, you know, people go there for retirement. That's yeah. where you go. Laid back lifestyle. Um, so I kind of got into that groove. And then again, Penny Hardaway, Anthony Penny Hardaway, man, when he was drafted, uh, it really gave me something to get behind. Um, and I don't want to say that's what got me behind Orlando because, listen, I love the city. I think it's a beautiful... My, my kids are Floridians, and so uh, I truly love the city of Orlando. But for me to get behind something, it was the Orlando Magic. And when they drafted Penny Hardaway, it was something about him. You know, the Nike threw a lot of advertisement behind mm-hmm. him with the, the the Penny Little Penny, and Chris Rock was involved. And the sneakers were just unlike anything I'd ever seen. You know, I it was amazing. He had the foam one where. You know, a lot of people, if you're in the sneakers, the, the foam posit, that was the first time I saw the foam posit. And I was like, what is that? It looks like a moon shoe. And it was like this electric blue. And uh, it just was something that I can gravitate to. And it, it really made me feel like I can get behind not only the city, but the team and the person. And I can I'm, I feel good calling this place home. You know? Yeah. So one well, 20, 25 years later. You know, Orlando is so ah, different. It's it so is. amazing. And it so is. you've got to grow up here and see really the uh, the, uh, the difference and yeah. the growth. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's leave it at that. I want to talk more about, we, we need to go into detail on the books. Okay. We've got a pop quiz. Pop quiz. Uh, <laughs> we've got bad business ideas, but the first hour is already over. So yeah. we got to play some music. Okay. And then uh, we'll be back with Aquanza Cadigan. You can reach him at AquanzaCadigan.com. Yep. And he is all over the interwebs oh, there. Just Google me. Uh, but then you'll also be at Nerd Night, yes. the fifth anniversary show of Nerd Night on March 8th, I believe. Yeah, shout out and to Ricardo. Yeah, Ricardo Williams for yeah. putting that together yes, and keeping definitely. it going for five years. Um, and then uh, that'll be uh, over at the Orlando Science Center. So yep. that is going to be a great event. It's be really great. And uh, so we'll see you there. Yes. Uh, but in the meantime, let's play some Ray Charles. This yeah. is What Did I Say? On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to a certain degree. Raphael Sadiq on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. And my guest and I, my name is Nick. I do this every Monday from 7 to 9. So if you're just tuning in, this is the second hour of To a Certain Degree. Uh, That was Raphael Sadiq. 100-yard dash. Great uh, music, man. Great oh, music. Oh, very. Thank you. Uh, Kwanzaa Cadigan yeah. is here. And we were just, I mean, like, it's hard to talk sometimes when we're playing the music during yeah, the breaks. It's like, it I is. just kind of want to dance yeah. in my seat for a little bit, man. Yeah. We can talk when we're back on. Let's just listen to music <laughs> for well, a music, few minutes. Music is such a, I mean, music, we can talk about hours. We can talk for hours about music, but it's it's a universal language i mean yeah. it doesn't matter you know where you come from or or you know what your religion is or anything like that i mean once the music comes on i think we all have a, a common ground and it's whether it's the beat the rhythm the words it just kind of unifies people so I, i'm i'm a huge fan of music i mean well and you know what else unifies people talk to me terrible terrible <laughs> business ideas <laughs> I love and hey i have some music for it too to unify us oh wait I actually have to turn on the, and we'll turn that on. Hey, Diaz, it's time to be just one. It's gonna be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on, let's some fun. <laughs> yes, bad business ideas. We march to the beat of our own Ponzi scheme. <laughs>
<laughs> I love that. Food, a Kwanzaa food. Okay. We all eat it. Yes. Whether we're vegetarians, okay. vegans, pescatarians, low carb, no carb, carb stars, chicken averse, salad scared, mm. beef O'Brady, mm. you have to eat regardless okay. of who you are and what it is that you do eat. Or do you? You do. There's <laughs> nothing, no way around it. Yeah. Therefore, I have some food-based ideas for us to discuss today. Okay. All right, so let's start in the world of plant-based foods. Mm. Uh, here we have alternatives to meat, milk, cheese, and many other animal-centric products. Okay. okay. Now, first, the first thing that jumped out at me, obviously, is going to be uh, plant-based alternatives right. for fruits and vegetables. Because okay. nobody's done that yet. Okay. Turns out they have. Okay. They already exist. They're called fruits and vegetables. <laughs> So the <laughs> plant-based alternatives to fruits and vegetables okay. are just fruits and vegetables. Right. So, but going back to uh, the plant-based <laughs> world, one of the challenges for these alternatives is an understanding of what they are. So they call it soy milk. Okay. You can't wow. milk a soy. <laughs> you can't milk As far soy. as I know. But they do that so that people understand it. So, right. you know, it's chicken without an E. I got you. Uh, or it's, you know, the, the meat list is in very small letters, but then the meatballs is in huge letters. I got you. Right. So now, as you can imagine, the milk industry, cattle industry, and several others are like pushing back on this. Like, you, of course. You shouldn't call it milk. <laughs> you can't milk that soy or that almond or those other things that right. you're calling or the coconut. Sure. Uh, so should it be called that? Should meat be used at all? or burger or things of that nature. Okay. So, you know, it becomes a little bit of a branding issue. Okay. So in this case, I thought there was an opportunity for us to step in with a consulting firm. Okay. Uh, and I'm calling it uh, Left at the Altar, and it's A-L-T-E-R. <laughs> okay. Uh, our new alternative food consulting group. Interesting. So we work with the plant-based food developers to really come up with some new names, a new brand, a new story okay. behind these products. Okay. It's not milk, so let's call it something else. So just some initial ideas I had for some of the names, just off the top of my head. Soy elixir, mm. almond healing water, <laughs> vitamin chew. <laughs> okay. Healthy health, health, health. <laughs> I can't believe it's not the flesh of an animal. Wow. Uh, and I think this is my favorite. Dr. Magician's Magic Cure-All Food Stuff. Wow. So in, in many ways, it becomes <laughs> sort of like a snake oil right. uh, sort of thing that uh, wow. you're just claiming all sorts of stuff anyway. <laughs> I mean, exactly. it's not milk. Why can't we just call it healing water? Yeah. Wow. wow. What do you think about that? What do you think about left at the altar? I think that's, <laughs> I think that's really interesting. For <laughs> First off, I am a huge fan of the alternative foods so getting away from the fast foods i think yeah that initially is something that we all should look into so just in general uh, just so, in general uh, just in general you you're an omnivore you're more on the you know you prefer the organic side um, and stuff like that i wouldn't, go that, I wouldn't go that far i wouldn't go that far i uh i do like a you know chipotle or a you know what is it pig floyds i, I do enjoy that occasionally but um i think the hardcore fast foods the I don't want to call any of them out, but, uh, you know, anything you can drive through and grab really quick is it, it frightens me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but left at the altar, that's 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 an interesting way of looking at it. I like well, that. if they need help with their branding, sure. if they need help with that consulting <laughs> and having worked, actually, when I was in the marketing world, I did work with a cheese alternative. That was one of my clients. OK. And it was very interesting. It was soy-based, right. cheese alternative. Right. And what was interesting was you had to heat it. Mm. So the only way it even remotely tasted like cheese was when it was warmed up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it was pretty, it was pretty warming interesting. warming of cheese just kind of 
scares me a little bit. It bums you out yeah, a little bit. Just yeah. Kinda, yeah, 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 yeah. It reminds me of that toilet thing we were talking about earlier. Uh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. All right. So let's go in the opposite direction okay. of plant-based food. Okay. To animal-based food. Mm. Uh, watching some of the cooking shows out there. I love doing that. Okay. And, you know, what I'm, I'm the ones that really grab me the most are the ones about Japanese cuisine. Okay. The traditions there, the way they prepare the food, Definitely. the way they... You know, sort of uh, the the perfectionism, the way they honor stuff. Yeah. Uh, so one episode, I think it was Mind of the Chef, and uh, that's with David Chang uh, was hosting it. Okay. And it was really interesting that they were, there's a very specific way to prepare the fish mm-hmm. to actually uh, clean it. Yeah. Um, so to go from alive to semi-alive to... Uh, to make sure that the meat is exactly the way it should be. It should taste exactly the way it should. Okay. Uh, because some level of trauma could cause it to taste, taste completely differently. differently. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So now we live in a world that's a little bit faster than that for the most part. We were just talking about the the drive through Sure. Now, not necessarily going through the drive through but... You know, I, I, it's a fast-paced world. I want that steak, and I want it yesterday, yeah. and I also want it today. Sure. Uh, so I present to you the idea. It's called Joy Sauce. <laughs> Joy it's sauce. a secret formula that no matter how sad or emotional the food was when it, you know, shuffled off this mortal coil, let's say, right. it tastes happy. Okay. So Joy Sauce, you put it on regardless of what happened to it, yeah. regardless of what kind of upbringing, wow. it's going to taste like it used to have a smile on its face. <laughs> How's that for a tagline? Joy sauce is different. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's joy sauce. And uh, then we, you know, before that we have left at the altar. Yeah. Um, now, joy I don't sauce. often do this, but yeah. there's a third idea out there Okay. that is uh, an actual idea. That I really think I'm, I'm a I'm jealous of, right? Because it does sound like a bad business idea. <laughs> okay, um, and I just wanted to talk to you about it because I actually hate it. <laughs> so it's right. it's in Atlanta. Okay, they uh, just got funding, or they're expanding to Atlanta. Okay, uh, they just got funding, uh, and uh, people like it. Uh, it's called Cluster Truck. So Cluster right away, <laughs> I love the name. Yeah, I was just going to say that that name is amazing. But here's what they do. So they build out a central kitchen somewhere, uh, centrally located, uh, but there's no way to pick up food there. There's no uh, storefront. You don't sit down. You don't do anything there. There's just a kitchen. Okay. Then they put up an app, the Cluster Truck app, Mm -hmm. and they make it seem like they have 11 food trucks. So you're ordering Mm. food from one of 11 or more food trucks. Sure, sure. And then Uber Eats or one of the other food delivery services brings Brings the food to you. Wow. So what I really don't like about it is that middle part yeah. where they're basically pretending to be food trucks. Yeah, exactly. So, because I love the food truck culture. I love the food truck I, lo- I live around the corner from where they do, in the Milk District, from where they do uh, Tasty Takeover on Tuesdays. Okay. And so I go there almost every week for no other reason just to look at what's there. Definitely. What's new, what's the, what's the craziest sounding dish is what I usually get. Sure, sure. Um, but, yeah, so... To really just try to assimilate and take over the food truck culture yeah. by pretending to be a food truck. Yeah, that's tough. I, I, I don't care for that. Here's my thing about that. I think what's really important about the food truck movement is supporting that local small business. Um, I think what happens is we are so stuck on these big chains and mm-hmm. we forget about the small guy who has that dream of, you know, I can 
live out my dream if I can just get a couple people to buy into it. And, you know, that food truck I did really, it reminds me of that. It's someone taking their dream or their passion and turning it into, you know, a Meals on Wheels type yeah. of concept and then, you know, giving that to people. And I think it's important that we support that with our dollar, just like we would any other fast food or restaurant chain. So um, it sounds like they're adding a middleman and taking away, you know, some money from the from the small food trucks. So I'm, I'm with you on this one. I'm against that one, man. And yeah. I think that, you know, I want it to be from a truck. I want to be yeah. able to say that I got this from a food truck. Yeah. Instagram it, take the picture, do all of that course. stuff. Yeah. Stand in front Nine of the Nine out of truck. ten times, the person that is, you know, the chef is the person that owns the food truck and owns the business. And, and came so, up with it, yeah. Yeah, so at that point, you're getting to meet that person face-to-face. You're yeah. getting, a lot of times, they're going to tell you about their dream to their face as you're buying it. So let's not take that little bit of joy from those food truck folks. I think the food <laughs> delivery too to me is is a tough one. Like I get it. Sometimes I just want to hang out. Sure. I'm going to watch a movie. I'm sure. going to do that. Sure. Uh, but even then I'm going to get it. Yeah. Like I still <laughs> want to have even a little bit of human interaction and I talk agree. to talk to the person and yeah. see I kind of want to see where it's made and I want to deliver it myself. Yeah. The Uber Eats thing kind of goes back to technology and how we are just kind of becoming complacent and a little lazy, for lack of better words, that, you know, someone can just bring it to us rather than us kind of getting up and socializing and meeting someone new and doing all those things that would come apart from someone just delivering it to us, you know? Yeah. But I, I totally understand that. I know some folks that work for Uber Eats, so. You know, I like this, though, because I like the idea of us going out. If you have a business that you want us to judge, mm-hmm. me and a Kwanzaa will yeah. come out. Oh, definitely. We will judge it. We'll give you some tips yeah. and tricks. And, uh, yeah, if it's a cluster trucks kind of thing. Cluster trucks, I love that. I, look, great name. Yeah, Cluster Trucks. I'm super jealous that I didn't come up with that name for yeah. something. Yeah, no, I agree. And it all sounds like a, you know, this sort of bait and switchy bad yeah, business idea. I love that, man. Regardless, okay. we should yeah. support small business, man. Support go small out. business, yeah. Go out and Support go. these dreams. Support if someone's dream. you see a dream. food truck driving by. Yeah. Like I thought about it, uh, one time I saw the empanada, La Empanada food truck okay. on the side of the road. Okay. And I was wondering to myself, they were uh, changing a tire or something was wrong. Yeah. And I was wondering if I just pulled up behind them and I just kind of got on the truck and grabbed a bunch of empanadas, if they'd even notice. <laughs> That's how much of a fan of local business I am. Sure. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So they would just catch me in the back like a <laughs> raccoon, just like stunned and then running away <laughs> into the woods. Yeah. My, my, biggest, my biggest thing I tell people when it comes to supporting small businesses, if you can't do it financially, you know what? Go next to the truck and take a picture and post Put it. Put it up. Yep. And um, that goes a ton. Uh, it goes a long way for the business just to have any kind of free marketing and promotion. And that's me speaking from someone who's an independent artist myself. Um, I had someone that I work with recently. Uh, we work, you know, I see her every day in the hallway and out of the blue, she just bought my book on Amazon and read it. And I didn't ask her for anything, but she, you know, plugged me, gave me a shout out and whoever her friends are now knew, now know about me. And that's the kind of marketing I can't pay for that genuine yeah. come from the heart. Yeah. I just think what you're doing is amazing type of thing. And I think if more people did that, we'd be in a better world right now. We'd have a lot more young entrepreneurs succeeding, you know? So I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what we're all about at Bad Business Ideas. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Wait, that's what I should be about. That's what we should Maybe be. Maybe we should change it. Maybe it should I be love- more like an, a lab, <laughs> like lo- an innovation space. In- innovation 
Yeah. A think tank. A think tank type of thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Okay. Well, let's go and uh, play some more music. Uh, ben Harper, show me a little shame. That's perfect for cluster trucks. Let's do it. And uh, we're going to come back with a Kwanzaa Cadigan, talk a little bit more about authoring. Oh, yeah. Uh, or writing, I think, is the is the way you would actually say yeah, it. We'll talk about it all. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, great. It. <laughs> In 40 minutes, we're going to talk about it all. There you go. It's all talk with a Kwanzaa Nick on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Awesome. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, off of the Burn to Shine album. That's got to be a solid 15 years old now, so I'm feeling old. Uh, show me a little shame. My name is Nick. Good morning. You're listening to A Certain Degree. I'm back with uh, Kwanzaa Cadigan. Good hey. morning again, Kwanzaa. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, KwanzaaCadigan.com. Yes. A lot of social media out there that you could follow him on. You can go to YouTube yes. and see some of your talks at Pachacacha, yeah. Cha, at uh, some of the videos that you've produced about some of the things that you're working on. Please, yeah. And go check that out. And you can see him March 8th, Nerd Night, yes. fifth anniversary, Orlando Science Center. Yes. Tickets are still available. Definitely. Go out there and check yeah. that out. Not just me, but um, some amazing speakers. So Julian uh, Chambliss will be, will be there, there as yeah. well, and uh, Joshua Walker, who's uh, also a black tech. He's really involved in that world. So come out and hear all of us, not just me, but... That'll All be, of us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you're here, so Definitely. you're the one that's taking the time. There we go. Uh, to come here. <laughs> uh, Kwanzaa, going back and thinking about coming out of high school. So you moved down to Florida. Yeah. Uh, seven, eight years old. Definitely. Got to do most of your schooling here. Yes. Ended up going to the University of Florida. Yeah. What was your plan coming out of high school? Was it, um, I'm going to go to college right away or did you take a gap year or did you consider that? What was your thinking there? So... What's interesting about that is I didn't really have a choice. So my parents are from the West Indies and school was not an option. It was um, it was required. And um, once I finished high school, I had a village around me of people that really wanted to see me succeed. Like failure was not an option. And so um, I had a great guidance counselor. I had um, a lot of aunts and uncles and friends and family that said, you know, let's fill out, <clears throat> excuse me, a ton of uh Let's fill out a ton of uh, college acceptance letters or applications. You know, applications. Yeah. Uh, I think I did one to UCF. I did one to FAMU. I did one to UF just on a whim. Um, I was very fortunate, again, to get accepted to all of those. And um, my parents truly believed in getting away, getting away from home, get as far away from home as possible. Um, and when the opportunity aroused to go to the University of Florida, it was you know, I'd, I'd never known anything about the college much. Um, Go Gators, by the way. It's an amazing mm -hmm. school, by the way. But uh, once that opportunity came up, it was, for my parents, a no-brainer. That's where they wanted me to be. Um, that's where I eventually kind of fell in love with going to school. And going to that college, again, was amazing for me because it opened my eyes to a lot of things. So... Uh, so I, you lived on campus. I lived on campus yeah. uh, the first two years. Uh, it was the the experience there was unlike any other. And I think that's where a lot of growth and a lot of the storytelling that I do comes from, because I learned about myself and what I was able to do on my own. Um, so anybody that's listening, if you are on the fence about going to college, like it's it's a no brainer. Like that's where you truly, truly learn yourself and who you are and what you can accomplish uh, once I got to UF, 
what was important then was, all right, what's next? What, what am I going to do um, after college? And for me, it was, uh, I used to joke with my professors and be like, ah, I don't want to go and do the hamster wheel thing. I don't want to do the nine to five. I just want to go live my dreams, maybe get into, you know, talk radio, maybe mm. write some books, write a magazine. And then reality hits and you realize those are really just conceptual dreams. The real world requires you to pay bills and, and you know, actually support yourself. Make uh, a salary, exactly. a regular um, salary. You can't yeah. really do that as a freelance writer. You can't really do that as a, you know, an aspiring, you know, actor or actress, which is sad to say. But then those dreams for me became something that became a side hustle rather than something that I was pursuing full time. And um, what I'm doing now is trying to change that course. I'm trying to bring those dreams back to the forefront and make that something that I'm pursuing now full time. And I think anybody that's listening that's trying to become uh, independent or aspiring anything, it's really difficult to break that mold because you get used to having a consistent paycheck. You get used to uh, all these things that come along with having a, a nine to five job and to leave that um, and kind of take that first step without knowing if there's a step there at all is really difficult. But um, I'm, I'm moving in that direction. Uh, I'm hoping that <laughs> uh, the momentum that I have from uh, being constantly in front of people and, and them hearing my story is something that's going to eventually uh, catch on. Mm -hmm. And my message of positivity, I think that's something that we, we need a little bit more of is more positivity and, and spreading that message. And so hopefully if anyone's listening that wants to uh, support my dream, <laughs> uh, by all means, please check me out, support me in any way, form, fashion. That would be amazing. Well, yeah, and it's not just about buying a book. It's no, not just about not. any of those other things. It's, yeah. it's about connecting. No, it is. Yeah. Even even to what we're doing here, like you said, you, you saw me at Story Club and, you know, something I said connected with you and you were like, hey, let's let's get this guy on and talk to him. And, you know, who knows what opportunity will come from me uh, being here with you. Yep. But I know something will happen because of that. And thank, thank you to you and thank you to everyone who's yeah, kind of... of you know, pushed me along in a forward direction because it's, it's helped. So we, before I get to the next question about journalism and writing and talking a little bit about your, your books and uh, the, the writing journey. Yeah. Uh, at this point, do you say no to any opportunities? I mean, do you, are you in the position <laughs> where you're like, you're picking and choosing? Are you like anything comes up? <laughs> I'm going to do it. Well, realistically, I, I can't take every opportunity because yeah. I do. I have a family and I have a day job. Um, so I am very not selective, but I do try to. Well, you're not very selective because you're here on my show. Come <laughs> well, on. Well, this, this is a really great opportunity. <laughs> this is a really great opportunity. But I try to align myself with uh, projects and ideas that are in my wheelhouse. So if it's, if it's a positive forward thinking forward movement type of movement, I'm going to be all in. If it's kind of a, uh, let's just do it for some fun and see where it goes. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm going to pass on that one for now, but I'm open to all opportunities. Yeah. I never turn anything down. Uh, I, I definitely, the more I'm in front of people, the more I grow and the more people get to know about what I'm right. doing. So I try to be out in the community as much as possible. I try to attend as many events as possible. Mm. Yeah, well, it's funny because as a as a recovering introvert, <laughs> I I, I, I do like have that. a hard time like getting out there and getting and networking and Definitely. talking to people. So 
this is this is one way of me doing that. That's awesome. I'm just inviting strangers onto <laughs> a radio that. show in a basement. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you, you guys still are showing up. This is crazy. Uh, but yeah, this is my way of uh, connecting with people. Yeah. So going back, you got a journalism degree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Minor in African American studies. Yep. And so you started writing right away, or did you have some book ideas in your head when you were in college, and you some things you always wanted to yeah. explore? Because you have three published books right now. I do. I actually started to do computer science. Uh, I wanted to, you know, take apart computers, put them back together, learn them inside and out. And I think any college you go to, you you get on there in the first two years, they throw that trig, they throw that calc at you, they throw that, you know, all those huge classes that are like, what, what's happening? I just want to learn more about computers. Um, and once I got hit with that, the reality of it was like, listen, let me, maybe computers isn't for me. Uh, maybe I need to go back and focus on something that's more I'm passionate about. And that ten, that happened to be writing for me. And I fell in love with writing right away. Um, my mother She's a huge uh, book fan. She takes me to the, she took me to the library as a kid all the time, mm -hmm. and I'd read Hardy Boys books and you know those kind of adventure books. And it just got me intrigued with these worlds that writers could create um, simply with their words. And I wanted to dabble in that world, for lack of better words. And for me, when I had the opportunity to write. Or I said, you know what, that's it. I'm putting my stake in the sand. I'm going to write a book. It was a really eye-opening experience because I wrote my first book right out of college. And I was like, this is it. This is, I'm going to be a national bestseller. I'm going to be a famous. And the reality hit, right? My mom bought maybe 50 books. Um, my mother-in-law maybe bought another 50 books. And then between that and a couple books my friends bought, I was nowhere near a national bestseller at all. It, it would take a yeah, few more than that. I, yeah. I fell rather short. Slightly uh, short. <laughs> Uh, but I felt truly passionate about what I was writing. And I mean, for those who have no idea about the books I've written, the first one was called Summer Session. And it was about four guys in college. And it was important to me to write a narrative about college, to get kids inspired about college. Uh, and once I did that, I became vested in these characters. I was like, man, I, I could be a Markel Howard. I could be a Quentin Bennett. Like these were the characters I created. I lived them. Uh, I went on to create the sequel to that, which yeah. is called Alumni. And, you know, for the college people, you understand it's, you know, you graduate, you become an alumni. And so not only the maturity of those characters, but the maturity of me as a writer. Um, if you read those two books, you'll see the characters kind of developed and matured. But so did I. I felt my writing style changed a lot from that first book to the second book. Um, and then life continued on and I became a father and for me, it was important to tell that narrative as well. And so that's when I wrote my newest book, Sketches of a Blue Note, mm -hmm. which I tied all my passions together. It was like the culmination of me being a writer. It's like, listen, I've figured out character development. I've figured out how to place people in a setting and, and get them vested in a story and characters. But now I wanted to make sure that I told a story that was different and unique. So I used jazz music and parenting and all of that. And I kind of put that in that book. And it's probably the the book that I'm most passionate about out of the three only because as I write more, I mature more in my writing style and the characters and, and all those things. And so I just got to get people, I got to get it in the hands of the people so they can read something new and different and hopefully it'll catch on. I'm still shooting for a national bestseller. We'll, we'll see maybe on the fourth or fifth book. It, well, you're going to keep going, which I oh, think yeah. is the most important oh, yeah. part of it There's is no that stopping. 
you know, you get, I, I think that uh, sometimes you can get discouraged with things of if course. you set up certain expectations. Definitely. And you think this is going to be the thing that gets me over the top or yeah. this is going to, I'm going to get, whether it's your Instagram feed yeah. or something uh, like writing a book or something else. Yeah. And the idea is that it's not about the failure, it's about the persistence. Definitely. Right. Because Definitely. if you're if you're just going to take that and I've done this a million times and I look back and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a digital pack rat. So I look sure. at some of my older projects right. and I look at it and go, OK, this didn't do what I wanted it to do. Right. But was what was it that I wanted it to do? And yeah. was that right? Right. 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 More importantly. Sure. 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 Uh, because if if I did something and I just stopped doing it, I stopped pursuing that afterwards. Yeah then that's that's a that's a failure in which I don't learn anything. Exactly, yeah. And that's a dead end exactly. that maybe could have opened up a lot of other opportunities for yeah. me. Well, it's I think it goes back to just having a creative outlet for me. So the writing, of course, it's my first passion, but then I discovered if people aren't going to read it, then I'll tell them about it. And then that kind of evolved into the speaking. <clears throat> and if anyone's listening that, I'm sure there's a lot of people who have this idea of I'm going to write a book. It's going to be amazing. Do it. Write the book. Write it, if only for yourself, um, because once you write it and you publish it, it lives on forever. Like when I'm, you know, knock on wood, a long time from now, old and dead, someone will be able to pull up, you know, Summer Session by a Kwanzaa Cadigan, Alumni by a Kwanzaa Cadigan, and they'll find either the paperback or ebook. And those words that I've written are going to live on way longer than I am. You know, it's something that I, I still might connect with somebody. Oh, still my might goodness. Inspire you know, somebody. So, yeah. so do it not for the the, the fame and the, the accolades. Do it. Do it for yourself, um, because I can honestly tell you there is really not a lot of money behind <laughs> behind well, writing. <laughs> OK, so let me share. And I, I hate to talk about myself, but uh, I, let me share this story because I think sure. this is relevant. So. Last year, I bought a typewriter. Okay. And the idea was that I was going to do analog Yelp reviews. So I was going to send cards to businesses wow. with an analog Yelp review. I wasn't going to put it online anywhere. Sure. I was just going to send it to them. Okay. And what I realized was very early on was I, just like anything else, I, I kind of want some sort of recognition for what I'm doing. Definitely. And I realized that's the wrong way to go into it. Right. That this is a fun project. I really, it just, I, I hadn't had a typewriter in years. Sure. But getting one and typing on it yeah. was so much fun. Yeah. And so I'm like, this needs to be just a creative outlet. Right. I still need to send this stuff out. Yeah. But if somebody puts it up on Instagram, if yeah. somebody thanks me, if yeah. somebody gives me a free cup of coffee. Yeah. Or they don't do anything. They don't, uh, like, acknowledge that they even received it. Yeah. I have to keep doing it. Yeah. No, and I, I can't do it just because I might get some sort of recognition. So that's something I'm kind of working on myself yeah. because it became that creative outlet. It's helped me be a better writer. It's helped me be a better sort of, uh, you know, in a weird way, an improv performer. Yeah. Because if I'm typing and I put in the wrong word, yeah. you know, I could exit out. I could pull it out <laughs> yeah. and recycle that piece of paper. Sure. Or I could just keep going and try to write around whatever word I just put in there. Yeah, definitely. And I I take that approach with mentorship actually because <clears throat> you I don't 
go out and talk to young people or mentor young people with the hopes of getting some kind of award or or seeing them someday yeah. yeah my yeah my goal is that i would have changed someone's life just by having someone to talk to someone to you know tell them what's how their day was i think a lot of young people just need someone to just talk to or maybe even look up to and that's when i get out into the community and um, i have a really group great group of guys that I hang with called Route 7. Shout outs to those guys. They they really get do a good job of getting me into the school. So we were at Carver Middle School and just being in front of those kids, that that's the creative outlet for me. Just being able to talk to them and explain to them, hey, listen, I've tried to write a book. It didn't work, but I'm going to keep writing a book. Whatever you're trying to do, keep doing that. Even if it doesn't work, keep trying because eventually someone will recognize, someone will take note. And if they don't, at least you've you fulfilled something inside of you that, you know, you've, you've quenched that fire that's burning yeah. inside of you, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, nice. Yeah. All right, well, let's leave it at that. Hopefully somebody is inspired by that at hey. some point. <laughs> I know I've been, there so for awesome. all intents and purposes, this has worked for me. <laughs> and, uh, like you know, I am first and foremost the main audience member. <laughs> uh, so you let's are. listen to a song, Cesaria Vora, Ketano Velosa, and Ryuchi Sakamoto with A Preciso... Perdoar. Wow. I, that was a mouthful. Hoping, yeah. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing any go. or all of that correctly. <laughs> and you're going to hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. My very special guest, Kwanzaa Cadigan. Again, you can see him and learn more about him at aquanzacadigan.com. And we'll hear a song right now on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Cesaria Vora. Oh, I'm going to say all this stuff again. Ketano Velosa and Ryuchi Sakamoto with El Preciso y Preciso Perdor. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm back with a Kwanzaa Cadigan. You're listening to a certain degree on WPRK. Uh, we're about to be done, Kwanzaa. Okay. Are you good with that? Are you uh, happy to be done? I'm, I'm not you... ready for it to be done. Okay, good. This has been fun. Good. Uh, well, let's make it less fun with a pop quiz. Okay. <laughs> So a lot of stuff happened in history, okay. as we well know, uh, and history gives us some perspective. So I'm going to look at a couple of uh, questions from history, and then okay. we'll go into... Is it multiple choice? Some more... Eh, maybe. Oh, man. Uh, right. Many things make us feel really old in history. <laughs> okay. So 35 years ago, on February 26th, so tomorrow, 1983, mm -hmm. uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller, mm. it went to number one and stayed number one for how many weeks? Did you start a number? Uh, let's say six weeks. Uh, 37 weeks. Yeah, well. Yeah, like, yeah. So geez. Thriller was, was a I big thinking? one. Had it on vinyl. <laughs> so you had the fold out yeah. on the inside and oh, yeah. with a little tiger. Okay. That was so great. I love that. Uh, <laughs> so from Orlando Story Club earlier this year, you're an NBA fan. Yes. Uh, so March 2nd is the 56th anniversary of Wilt Chamberlain's historic 100-point game. Yes. That was against the Knicks when he was with uh, the Philadelphia the Warriors. Knickerbockers, yeah. Geez. Sorry, I know you're from New York. <laughs> Uh, for the year, he averaged 50.4 points per game. Wow. Insane. That's insane. insane, yeah. What was his lowest regular season total, point total that season? Wow. Again, just throwing out a number? Yeah. So he averaged 50.4 yeah, points. Yeah, he averaged 50. Uh, let's say 30, 35 maybe? Yeah, 26 points. Ah, so that was his lowest for the year. Yeah. And of course, it was still a triple-double. Exactly. <laughs> ridiculous. 
All right, more modern stuff. Elk Grove, California. That's okay. the location of one of Apple's distribution and repair centers. Okay. Since October, phones and other devices have called 911 more than 1,600 times. Wow. So phones are being repaired. They're sitting there, and for some reason, they're calling uh, 911. Right. Uh, how come? Is it A, totally by accident? You have all these malfunctioning phones and devices. Some are bound to make accidental emergency calls. Sure. Uh, is it B, the devices are in the process of achieving sentience and realizing they're about to be deactivated, they're calling out for help <laughs> in the only way they know how? Sure. Or C, it's the new season of Stranger Things. <laughs> so which do you think is the reason behind that? I'm going to have to go with A. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it could be any of yeah, those. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> I'd like to think they're achieving sentience and they're asking, uh, yeah. uh, asking for help in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> Uh, okay, so researchers at the UC Irvine Institute for Memory Impairments and Neurological Disorders, or MIND, mm -hmm. conducted a 15-year study on people who live into their 90s. So out of all of the characteristics they found, I'm going to mm -hmm. read you three of them. Okay. Which do you think gives people the best chance to live longer? Okay. Is it A, consuming about two glasses of beer or wine or coffee per day? Okay. B, spending 15 to 45 minutes a day working out, or C, being slightly overweight in your 70s, which do you think gives you the best chance of living the longest? Yeah, the working out, B, definitely. Yeah, that gives you an 11% chance of living longer. Guess what, though? Consuming two glasses of beer, wine, or coffee gives you an 18% chance wow. of living longer. Yeah. Uh, being slightly overweight in your <laughs> 70s gives you a 3% chance okay. for some reason. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, one last thing. So I'm going to give you a list here of places, of locations. So okay. there's a lot of uh, birthdays this week, especially for some famous musicians. Okay. So you've got to identify where these people were born. Okay. Now, I don't know if I've told you this, but I'm scoring you on all of this, and I'm determining if you can continue yeah. as a friend of mine oh. <laughs> based on your answer. I hope I'm doing good so far. Okay. <laughs> so Harry Belfonte, okay. Mr. Belfonte, turns 91 this week on March 1st. Where was he born? Let's go with New Orleans. Close. <sighs> New York City. My hometown. Yep. And I get an F for that. That's terrible. Okay. <laughs> how, about, uh, <laughs> how about Fats Domino? That's New Orleans. Yes. There we go. You got that All one. All right. There we go. Uh, he was born on February 26, 1928. Passed right. away last year, of course. Uh, Johnny Cash, born February 26, 1932. Hmm. Let's go with Arkansas. Kingsland? Yep. Yeah. Kingsland, okay. Arkansas. Okay. Very nice. Uh, Miss Erica Badu, uh, February 26, oh, yeah. 1971. She's 47, yeah. which doesn't Dallas. even Dallas, I know that for a fact. Yeah, Dallas, she, Texas, big yeah. time. That's also home of Beyonce as well, if I'm is just throwing out random facts. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't She's know from... when Beyonce's birthday is, but if it was this week, I probably would have known that. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, and let's uh, end with uh, Chris Martin, the lead singer of Coldplay, March 2nd, 1977, supposedly, because I've looked him in the eye, and I did not see a soul there. So where do you think he was born out of the places that I have on that list? Let me let me ask you this. If I've said it already, is it off the list or can it's I use it? No, oh, wow. So then my only option is a test tube? Is that, that is the correct. Okay. Chris Martin, I'm convinced, was born in a okay. test tube. Uh, I won, a, I won a radio contest, so I got okay. to meet Coldplay before a concert. Okay. Looked him in the eye. Nothing. Nothing there. was there. Wow. Nothing there. Yeah. I could also be uh, affected by the fact that I'm a big Radiohead fan. Okay. And people were saying like Coldplay is the next Radiohead and all yeah. that, and so I just hate them because of that. 
But mostly, I think it's because I looked him in the eye. I did. I saw nothing yeah. there. It was like he was <laughs> born in a test tube just to be a rock star. Lo- that's amazing. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Aquanza Cadigan, very nice. You can continue being my friend. Awesome. You did very well <laughs> on you. that quiz. Thank you, thank you. AquanzaCadigan.com. Definitely. Uh, what else do we need to plug besides March eighth, Nerd Night, Orlando's fifth anniversary? You'll be speaking there. Yeah. Um. You know what? Just. Didn't want to forget before we get off the air to say uh, happy Black History Month. Uh, For me, the month of February is a very big month. Um, I get to speak to a lot of young people about this month. And so happy Black History Month if you're listening. Um, I did want to say thank you to a lot of people. So I wrote their names down so I don't waste a lot of your time. But Eddie Solver and the team at Pachakasha, Mm -hmm. um, Rachel Simmons, Julian uh, at Art Not Places. Thank you for those guys. Story Club, Orlando Story Club, Creative City Project. These are all people that have given me opportunities. Um, not only them, uh, again, my guys at Route 7, um, there's a group called The Connection and Art 420 that are really um, helping me out in a lot of things. Don't forget Nerd Night, Thursday, March 8th at the Science Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, my name, it's a very unique name. So it's A-Q-U-A-N-Z-A. For those of you who are trying to Google me, you're probably been listening, like, who's this Aquanza guy? But it's Aquanza. Uh, support any way you can. If it's just coming to hear me speak or checking out some of my stuff on Amazon, um, I really appreciate it to you as well, Nick, for the opportunity. So, oh, the pleasure is all mine. It's always uh, fun and yeah. inspirational and, yeah. uh, again, mostly about me. So, yeah. you know, it's... Yeah. It's it's my show. Yeah, and if you're listening again, <laughs> let's let's try to give let's give more than we take. That's that's going to be my one message to leave everyone with is let's start giving more than we take. So thank you for your time and thanks for listening. And it's a Monday morning, so let's end it with uh, some thank you, Kwanzaa, for thank you. everything. Thank you. Uh, let's end it with some music. This is Soul Live and Cannonball, and then we'll turn it over to Best Hour and some marketing news, and I will release a Kwanzaa back into the world. <laughs> And I'll be back next week with another very special guest. So you've been listening to A Certain Degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. What's your favorite social media channel? As long as you didn't answer Snapchat or Pinterest, you can find To A Certain Degree there. I mean, or Google+, Plus. that doesn't even exist anymore. Should we be on Snapchat? I've been wanting to speak with a younger audience for some time, Mostly about whether I'm cool. Do you think I'm cool? 